Wayne Field once commented, I wonder what would happen if we applied the same standard of loyalty to our Christian activities that we expect from other areas of our lives. If your car starts once every three tries, is it reliable? If the postman skips delivery every Monday and Thursdays, is he trustworthy? If you don't go to work once or twice a month, are you a reliable employee? If your fridge stops working for a day or two every now and then, would you say, oh well, it works most of the time? If your water heater provides an icy cold shower every now and then, is it dependable? If you skip a couple of electricity bill payments, do you think the power company would mind? If you fail to worship God one or two Sundays a month, would you expect to be called a faithful Christian? We expect loyalty and reliability from things and other people. Isn't it reasonable then that God just might expect the same from us? You know, my friends, a lot of believers do not finish well in life because their version of loyalty to God is a loyalty that is conditional, a loyalty that wavers. You can tell me all you want how loyal you are to God, but if your actions and priorities don't show it, then there is no loyalty. Our loyalty to God is most clearly seen in our actions. But why would we want to be unconditionally loyal to the Lord? And what happens when we are disloyal to God? Let's take a look at the pitfall of disloyalty and be warned and aware of it in our lives so it does not cause us not to finish well. If you have your Bibles, would you please turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 25. 2 Chronicles chapter 25, as we take a look at the life of King Amaziah and see how he fell into the pitfall of disloyalty. I read now verses 1 to 4. Amaziah was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Joadan of Jerusalem, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a loyal heart. Now it happened, as soon as the kingdom was established for him, that he executed his servants who had murdered his father the king. However, he did not execute their children, but did as it is written in the law in the book of Moses, where the Lord commanded, saying, The fathers shall not be put to death for their children, nor shall the children be put to death for their fathers, but a person shall die for his own sin. Here the Bible tells us Amaziah is the son of King Joash of the southern kingdom of divided Israel, who was killed in bed by his royal staff. Amaziah is 25 years old when he becomes king of Judah. And in verses 3 to 4, we find out that Amaziah punishes those who killed his father Joash in obedience to the Lord and to the law of the Lord. He did not kill the assassin's children, showing his heart for the Lord. Well, King Amaziah starts off relatively well, but the chronicler notes something about his heart. Amaziah did not have a loyal heart a heart that wholeheartedly obeyed God. My friends, when a heart is not loyal to the Lord, then you are half-hearted. And without an unconditionally loyal heart, one will often be tempted to search for other things and try other things when certain conditions change. Beware if your loyalty is conditional. Cultivating an unconditional loyalty to God in one's heart is especially important for the spiritual life. Because while we all may have a heart for God at this very moment, when there is something else that draws us away from God, or the circumstances of our lives change, our loyalties may be tested. 
And it is the unconditional loyalty of our heart to God that will bind us to the Lord when that loyalty is tested. Just think how loyal you are to a brand of something. How committed are you to a certain brand of soap or to a certain brand of shampoo or to a soft drink or to a paint? Would you consider buying it if perhaps a new management comes along and changes the volume to one-half or three-fourths less for the same price? Would you be loyal if it cost you two times as much as a competitor's product offering? Or what about to your spouse? Would you be loyal to him or her if someone nicer, kinder, more physically beautiful walks into your life? Will that be when your loyalty is tested? What will get you to change your loyalty? Something for us to think about. Now that you know why unconditional loyalty to God is so important to our spiritual lives when circumstances change, let's unpack some biblical principles for why we should be loyal to the Lord in whatever situations we face. I read now verse 5. Moreover, Amaziah gathered Judah together and set over them captains of thousands and captains of hundreds according to their fathers' houses throughout all Judah and Benjamin. And he numbered them from 20 years old and above and found them to be 300,000 choice men able to go to war who could handle spear and shield. Here the Bible tells us Amaziah reorganized his army and counted his men and found that his army was 300,000 men strong of those who were 20 years old and above who could go to war. Verse 6, he also hired 100,000 mighty men of valor from Israel for 100 talents of silver. In verse 6, we find out that Amaziah also hired 100,000 mercenary warriors for the northern tribes of Israel, all who were brave men. Now, you have to remember that the northern and southern kingdoms of divided Israel, although they were related, have a love-hate relationship with each other. Sometimes they were good with each other. Sometimes they were fighting. But mercenaries don't care about the politics of it all. They just want the money. And apparently, there were 100,000 soldiers in the north who were willing to fight for the south for money. Verse 7, But a man of God came to him saying, O king, do not let the army of Israel go with you, for the Lord is not with Israel, not with any of the children of Ephraim. Here the Bible tells us God sends a prophet to Amaziah and tells him that he should not use these 100,000 hired men from the north, not because they can't fight, or that they were no good. The reason was that none of the kings of the north ever turned to the one true God of Israel. So if Amaziah, who trusted in the one true God, was going to do the right thing, he should not use men from the north who didn't believe in the one true God, because God wasn't with them. You see, you can't have an army that is led by leaders who follow God and join it with men who don't even acknowledge the living God. How can God bless? For example... In the U.S., to my surprise, some very large churches use hired band members and song leaders to lead worship who are not even Christians. They are hired because they're amazing musicians and can play and sing the Christian songs technically well. But it is almost laughable that those who are leading in worship of God are those who don't even acknowledge God themselves. This is sadly where many churches around the world are that in their pursuit of excellence and filling volunteer needs, they look outside of the body of Christ, the church. They forget that God, first and foremost, looks at the heart of the people serving. Now, if you were King Amaziah 
would you hire these 100,000 available men to lead them in the battle to do the will of God? In this mixed-up world where performance and outcome are of primary importance, then it doesn't matter who goes with you and what they believe. We would think that one would be dumb not to use them. But that's the problem of our church culture today. We don't care what people believe. Look at verse 8. But if you go, be gone. Be strong in battle. Even so, God shall make you fall before the enemy. For God has power to help and to overthrow. The prophet continues and tells Amaziah, even if you go to battle without them, don't worry. God will give you victory. For note this, God has the power to help and to overcome your enemies. It points to a God who is able. My friends, you are loyal to a God who is able to do all things, even that which is impossible. This is important to remember. You and I are not loyal to a God who is a weakling and will let you down. This is a God who is able to help us. You see, the object of our loyalty is just as important as the loyalty itself. This was a question of loyalty for Amaziah. If you're going to be loyal to God, then you will not only have to follow His commands, you will have to do it His way, even if it didn't make sense to you. It's like with Noah. God said to Noah, if you stand with me and you trust me and have faith in me, then I'm going to ask you to build an ark, even though it's never rained before. Are you going to do it? Even if there will be opposition to you building it, would you do it? Would you, if you were Noah's shoes, build that ark? It's never rained, but you're told to build that ark. Do you trust God enough to do as He wishes? Here, God is telling Amaziah, you can go into battle without these 100,000 men because they do not believe in me. Will you do it? Will you do it? Will you trust me? Will you be loyal to me? Mac Lake, in an article on leadership entitled, The Small Demonstrations of Disloyalty, talking about a relationship between a worker and his boss, writes this, I've never served under a leader that I agree 100% with everything he or she said or did. My guess is your experience has been the same. But agreement is not the basis of loyalty. Loyalty is rooted in relationship and respect, regardless of differing opinions, approaches, or philosophies. My friends, our loyalty to God is foundation on the one we are in relationship with and respect not if we always agree with God or not. We recognize that our loyalty is to a God who is able to help us and show this loyalty by obeying His commandments and instructions, even if it doesn't always make sense to us what some of the commands of God are in the Bible. We do it because of our unwavering loyalty to Him. Amaziah can argue all day that these northern tribe soldiers were good and experienced soldiers. In fact, the chronicler does tell us that they were men of valor, brave men. But if you're going to be loyal to God, whom you believe is able to help you, then you do it according to His way, according to His instructions. In the same way, in our lives today, as businessmen and businesswomen in a corrupt world, are you going to do business the right and ethical way and trust that God will be able to help you? That you will do what is right regardless of the outcome because you desire to obey God and His commands? That, my friends, is true loyalty to God. 
So let's put it all together. We have our first biblical principle on loyalty. Biblical principle number one. Loyalty is standing with God by obeying His commands, knowing He is able to help you. Loyalty is standing with God by obeying His commands, knowing He is able to help you. Now look with me at verse 9. Then Amaziah said to the men of God, But what shall we do about the hundred talents which I have given to the troops of Israel? And the men of God answered, The Lord is able to give you much more than this. In this verse, we see that Amaziah asks the prophet of God, What about the money I've already spent to pay these hundred thousand men? I've given them a hundred talents, which was a very large sum at that time. 3.25 tons of silver or 7,500 pounds of silver. Now, some may say, too bad, sayang the money, all that money down the drain, and we can't even use these men to fight for us. But the response of the prophet is very important for us to understand. He says, do not worry about the money. God will make it up to you. My friends, if you do the right thing, God will give you more than what you've spent. Perhaps some of us need to underline this verse. What a great reminder that when we do what is right, God will make it up to us in ways we can't even imagine. I read now verses 10 to 13. So Amaziah discharged the troops that had come to him from Ephraim to go back home. Therefore their anger was greatly aroused against Judah, and they returned home in great anger. Then Amaziah strengthened himself in leading his people. He went to the Valley of Salt and killed 10,000 of the people of Seir. Also, the children of Judah took captive 10,000 alive, brought them to the top of the rock, and cast them down from the top of the rock, so that they all were dashed in pieces. But as for the soldiers of the army, which Amaziah had discharged, so that they would not go with him to battle, they raided the cities of Judah from Samaria to Beth Haran, killed 3,000 in them, and took much spoil. In these verses, we see that Amaziah sent 100,000 men back north, and of course they were angry, but Amaziah wanted to remain loyal to God and what he had commanded. In verses 11 and 12, we find that Amaziah took his forces and won a war against the Edomites. God indeed made it up to him and granted him an amazing victory. Yes, Amaziah initially loses 7,500 pounds of silver, but God made it up to him with a great victory over the Edomites. And with that victory came all the spoils of war. From this, we can develop our second biblical principle. Biblical principle number two. Loyalty is standing with God by obeying His commands, knowing that He can make up your temporary loss. Loyalty is standing with God by obeying His commands, knowing He can make up your temporary loss. Perhaps some of you know I was a corporate management consultant before becoming a pastor. For years, I didn't want to follow the Lord's calling in my life to be a pastor for the petty reason that I wouldn't be able to travel as much being a pastor. And I so love to travel. Sounds petty, doesn't it? But guess what? Even though God didn't have to do it, He has graciously allowed me to travel more as a pastor around the world, preaching and teaching than when I was in the corporate world. And even better, I didn't have to pay for most of my travels. I realize this is a superficial example, but it speaks to the truth that when we obey God, He will make it up to us 
over and above what we put in in ways that are unimaginable. When we are unconditionally loyal to God and we stand by the one who can make it up to us, even though he doesn't have to do it and isn't obliged to do so, but he can and often does. And that truth should be enough for us to confidently take the temporary loss in this life to gain so much more in the life to come. Remember what the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of men the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. That's why we believers are called to have an eternal focus and mindset. If we know that we can take the loss now so that we can reap the rewards later, we can be unconditionally loyal to God. Now turn with me back to 2 Chronicles chapter 25 as I read now verse 14. Now it was so after Amaziah came from the slaughter of the Edomites that he brought the gods of the people of Seir, set them up to be his gods, and bowed down before them and burned incense to them. The sad part in this great victory was that Amaziah not only took the spoils of war from the Edomites, he also took the gods of Edom to worship them. Now why would he do such a thing? It's almost shocking. But I believe the chronicler didn't give us the motive because it is the natural response of one who doesn't have a totally loyal heart, which was noted in verse 2. What causes you to change from Coke to Pepsi, from one church to another, from one school to another, from one NBA team to supporting another team, from one spouse to someone else? There are a thousand and one reasons to change, and oftentimes the change is quite sudden. But these changes take place because our loyalty is not 100%. Because the most basic definition of loyalty is sticking with that person regardless of the circumstances. If there is half-hearted loyalty or half-loyalty, it is no loyalty at all. If something or someone is half-hearted, there is no heart at all. So Amaziah's half-loyalty is really no loyalty at all. These realities remind us to self-check our heart when we say we are loyal to God. We need to make sure it is not really a half-baked, half-hearted loyalty like Amaziah's, where the loyalty can be changed because of a friend or a love interest or bought because of money. I recently came across an article that talks about the stages of this loyalty. And the first stage is this, an independent spirit. The author writes this, this is the first stage of disloyalty that must be vigorously attacked and dealt with. This is the point when a person belonging to a group, association, firm, or ministry develops an autonomous attitude or behavior against the laid-down rules. This is the stage the devil deceives a lot of people with the need to make independent decisions. This is the time when people think they are of age and do not need to be submissive to others in any way. They feel they are intelligent beings capable of making decisions best known to them. My friends, perhaps with half a heart for the Lord, Amaziah went on an independent streak, thinking, I can do it myself. I know what's best for me. I don't need to follow God. I don't need God. I don't need His commands, and I'm going to do it my way. I read now verses 15 and 16. Therefore, the anger of the Lord was aroused against Amaziah, 
And he sent him a prophet who said to him, Why have you sought the gods of the people, which could not rescue their own people from your hand? So it was, as he talked with him, that the king said to him, Have we made you the king's counselor? Cease. Why should you be killed? Then the prophet ceased and said, I know that God is determined to destroy you because you have done this and have not heeded my advice. A prophet is sent by God to rebuke Amaziah. His argument is this, how can you worship and be loyal to the false gods of the Edomites that can't even rescue and save its own people? The logic is right on point. How can you be loyal to gods that cannot even help you in contrast to the one true God who can give you victory even though you did not use the 100,000 mercenaries from the north that you could have used? This should have been a reminder to Amaziah where his loyalties should have been to a God who could actually deliver the results. My friends, we should also be loyal to the one who's able to help us through our problems and issues not to the idols of this world which are only made up of physical materials and don't have the ability to help us. And yet King Amaziah fell into the pitfall of disloyalty when he began to trust in things that don't really have the ability to help. Think of the things that you would rather trust to help you through the most pressing problems you have and your heart issues. Can money and resources even help you? Can other people really help you to satisfy your longingness, your loneliness, to give you purpose in life, to grant you salvation? Do you place your loyalty on the one who can really help you through your heart's most pressing problems? You see, this is our third biblical principle, biblical principle number three. Disloyalty to God causes you to turn to things that do not really help you. Disloyalty to God causes you to turn to things that do not really help you. My friends, if you do really believe that God is able to do what He says He can do, then you and I should remain steadfastly loyal to Him. If not, then you will naturally look to the other side, and perhaps your loyalty will shift to inanimate objects or to material wealth. When you are not loyal to God, then you're loyal by default, to the world. The Bible says you cannot serve two masters. You cannot remain neutral. My friends, we have to take a stand. Are we going to believe in God or not? You cannot remain on the sidelines. Your silence and neutrality towards God already declares your loyalty to the world. Remember the words of the former U.S. President, George W. Bush. You're either with us or against us after the terrorist attacks on 9-11. The choices are clear-cut. You're either for us or against us. Are you for God or against God? Are you loyal to Him or are you not? Do you trust Him or do you not? Notice in verse 16, the attitude of Amaziah, which is the attitude of many who fall into life's pitfalls. He is quick to get angry, quick to be upset when he's rebuked and did not get his way. It's unfortunate that Amaziah does not repent at this time, but instead falls into the pitfall of disloyalty, from which we'll see that he does not end well. Now verse 17. Now Amaziah, king of Judah, asked advice and sent to Joash, the son of Jeroahaz, the son of Jehu, king of Israel, saying, Come, 
let us face one another in battle. In verse 13, we read that the 100,000 mercenaries from the northern tribes were raiding and pillaging villages and towns in Judea because they were mad at not being able to join Amaziah's army. So Amaziah, fresh off of victory against the Edomites, wanted to pick another fight with his neighbor to the north to perhaps stop these mercenaries. Look at verses 18 to 20. And Joash, king of Israel, sent to Amaziah, king of Judah, saying, The thistle that was in Lebanon sent to the cedar that was in Lebanon, saying, Give your daughter to my son as wife. And a wild beast that was in Lebanon passed by and trampled the thistle. Indeed, you say that you have defeated the Edomites, and your heart is lifted up to boast. Stay at home now. Why should you meddle with trouble that you should fall, you and Judah with you? But Amaziah would not heed, for it came from God that he might give them into the hand of their enemies, because they sought the gods of Edom. Here the Bible tells us Joash, who is also referred to as Jehoahaz in 2 Kings, and as the king of the north, and not to be confused with Amaziah's father, also named Joash, gave Amaziah a warning through analogy in verse 18. The thistle is Amaziah of the south, and the cedar is Joash of the north. The thistle demanded the cedar, Joash, that he give his daughter as a wife for his son. The thistle, Amaziah, and his arrogance resulted in wild beasts, the armies of Israel, running against him. The point of this illustration is, do not be so arrogant, Amaziah, that you think that by overcoming a minor enemy like the Edomites, that you overplay your hand thinking you can destroy someone bigger like your northern neighbors. But in verse 20, we find out God used Amaziah's stubbornness, pride, and arrogance against himself to punish him because Amaziah was disloyal to God. Look at verses 21 to 24. So Joash, king of Israel, went out, and he and Amaziah, king of Judah, faced one another at Beth Shemesh, which belongs to Judah. And Judah was defeated by Israel, and every man fled to his tent. Then Joash, the king of Israel, captured Amaziah, king of Judah, the son of Joash, the son of Joahaz, at Beth Shemesh. And he brought him to Jerusalem and broke down the wall of Jerusalem from the gate of Ephraim to the corner gate, 400 cubits. And he took all the gold and silver, all the articles that were found in the house of God with Obed-Edom, the treasures of the king's house and hostages, and returned to Samaria. In verses 21 to 24, we find out that Amaziah does go to war against Joash of the north in Beth Shemesh and was utterly defeated. He was captured and taken to his own capital where he was humiliated. And Joash of the north took all the treasures of Jerusalem, even the things of the holy temple. This clearly displays our fourth biblical principle, biblical principle number four. This loyalty to God often causes one looking for temporary gain to experience permanent loss. This loyalty to God often causes one looking for temporary gain to experience temporary loss. And the reason for this truth is because he who can make it up to you will not be obliged to help. Think about it. If you abandon someone and go to someone else, what obligation does that person have to help you again if you come crawling back for help? There would be no obligations to help. You see, my friends, if we are disloyal to God, 
and abandon Him. He is under no obligation to take care of you and to keep coming to your rescue, especially when He has warned you over and over again not to be disloyal to Him. Yes, our God does forgive and welcome us back when we genuinely repent. But in how He works and operates, don't forget that we should not take Him for granted because His patience may run out and He may teach us a lesson about the consequences of disloyalty and we will suffer what we truly deserve. You see, disloyalty to God may cause you to look for temporary gain, but be warned, you may find out that you will experience permanent loss. Amaziah lost everything, his city, his treasury, his treasures, his pride, his credibility, everything, all because he fell into the pitfall of disloyalty. And so God allowed his enemies to win over him, If he had only been loyal to God, Amaziah would have experienced God's help. But Amaziah misplaced his trust, was disloyal to God, and lost everything. Finally, I read verses 25 to 28. Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, lived 15 years after the death of Joash, the son of Joahaz, king of Israel. Now the rest of the acts of Amaziah from first to last, indeed, are they not written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel? After the time that Amaziah turned away from following the Lord, they made a conspiracy against him in Jerusalem, and he fled to Lachish. But they sent after him to Lachish and killed him there. Then they brought him on horses and buried him with his fathers in the city of Judah. While Amaziah outlived his northern rival Joash by 15 years, he was so disliked and unpopular with the people that he was forced to flee to Lachish, about 30 miles southwest of Jerusalem, to escape a conspiracy. But like his father before him, he was assassinated by his own people. It's a bit of poetic justice of how he died because of disloyalty by his own people when it was he who first became disloyal to God. A bitter irony at the end of his life. My friends, avoid the pitfall of disloyalty when you and I remember that, number one. Loyalty is standing with God by obeying His commands knowing he's able to help you. Number two, loyalty is standing with God by obeying his commands, knowing he can make up your temporary loss. Number three, disloyalty to God causes you to turn to things that do not really help you. And fourthly, disloyalty to God often causes one looking for temporary gain to experience permanent loss. My friends, let us as followers of Jesus Christ remain unconditionally loyal to the one who is able to help us in all circumstances so that we can finish life well. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to finish life well. We want to live a life that is holy and pleasing. But oftentimes, the loyalty that we express to you is a loyalty that wavers. Father, I pray that we would learn the lessons from the life of King Amaziah, that we would be fully, wholeheartedly, unwaveringly loyal to you. That regardless of how the world entices us, regardless of what the world gives us, we will always choose you. We will choose to obey your commands, even if it makes sense, does not make sense to us, because we know that you are able to help us overcome anything. And I pray, Lord, that the reminder that you will make up for any temporary loss that we have in this life with the eternal gains and glory that you have waiting for us 
that our minds and hearts would be fully loyal to you. Father, bless us through the reading and the studying of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.